1: strong.
2: 2017. Hi, I'm Jeremy Collie. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Dracula Run. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jake. Well done. Thanks. I was really cringy, and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> As Dracula said, welcome to our Halloween episode for 2017. Got a lot of cool stuff in store we for sure you. We sure do. I'm yes. always excited to do yeah. our Halloween episodes. Yeah, for sure. We're going to start them like we always do, uh, telling creepy stories, either things that have happened to us Personally, or things we've just found on the internet. I think we've pretty much dispensed of the personal yeah. Yeah, accounts say. through the past episode, So it's probably going to be just stuff we read on the net, which... There's some creepy shit out, out there, on come the on. Yep. Then we're going to be joined by Daniel Prim from the UK to talk about his comic Blender, which uh, has a new chapter on the way out, a horror-inspired comic. And what a comic it is. Yeah, really, really new cool trend. stuff, uh, so stick around for that. And then afterwards, we're going to be joined by the star of the uh, movie Troll 2... Which was deemed one of the worst movies, if not the worst movie of the all time. The best worst movie, if you will. Yet cultivates quite an underground following. Yeah, become, strange. Yeah, becomes somewhat of a cult classic, if you mm-hmm. will. But we welcome George Hardy Farmer to the waits himself. Farmer waits himself, yeah. So excited to talk with him and uh, see what he has to say. But before we get started, Jake. Guys, you should probably consider following us on Twitter
3: at AirPod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. If you don't want to do that, I guess you could go to YouTube and find all the fun videos we'll be putting up with many more excellent videos on the way, some of which we are extremely proud of. Mm. Mind you, we're proud of all, but we're extremely proud of some of them. You got a new
2: video on there, too. That's right. The vampire movie we've been teasing. Yeah. It's out there, people. It's it's out there for your consumption. To share that with the world. Take it in. If you dare.
3: If you dare. Oh, you dare. You do dare. And uh, if you're attending a Wizard
2: World convention, don't forget to use promo code CANDAIR, lowercase no space, for 10% off your tickets. There it is. There it is. And, uh, yeah, we, I guess I should emphasize a little bit more what the vampire movie is. Uh, for those people who may not know, uh, we took a movie, The Grave of the Vampire, and uh, we riffed over it, like Mystery Science Theater 3000 style. And uh, not that we're as good as those guys, but I think <laughs> it turned out pretty you damn good. Start somewhere. So uh, that's on YouTube. Go check it out. Uh haven't decided what we're going to name that series yet, but uh, just look on our page. You'll find it on there, and I'm sure we'll be tweeting the hell out of it. And uh, also, if you'd like to support the show, don't have a lot of money to maybe buy a T-shirt or something, go to iTunes, leave us a review. That'll help us so much more than you can imagine. It's a huge help. Yeah, and all I got to do is type a sentence. These guys good. You know, <laughs> that, that that's sufficient. If that grammar much doesn't matter. It, yeah, You just yeah. put a little emoji on there, like a 100. That's it. A little fire. That's all you have to do, folks. So, there it is. Uh, is there anything else before we start? I feel like we're forgetting something? No? Don't feed your mogwai after midnight. That's it. That's what I forgot.
0: It's always after midnight. I never understood that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what with time
3: zones yeah. and such? I How do they know? know. How yeah. do they
2: know? All right, let's kick it off with this week's Retro round Roundtable. It's showtime. no expense All right guys creepy Halloween stories So this is all, always one of my most favorite things to do with this show. I've got one I'm particularly excited about if you guys don't mind. go for it. this is a,
3: I thought a pretty superb little horror story I read the other day uh, that didn't have me quite the whole way through but the ending really knocked it out so it's about this girl whose grandfather is a a, a tinker spends a lot of time in his workshop making fun things little wind up toys and stuff for his grandchildren and all throughout her childhood she remembers how much fun she used to go each used to have going each week to see what new thing he'd whipped up for her. this continued well into her adulthood where her and her sister now in their 20s went to visit their grandfather one more time but he wasn't Friendly and smiling and jovial Like they're used to, he looked kind of sullen Uh And they asked him, Grandpa, what's wrong? He's like, oh, oh, nothing, don't worry about it And they're like, what do you have for us this week? He said, nothing, let's just let's Maybe see a movie or something instead But they were persistent, they said, no, we want to see what you've invented You clearly made something Why don't you like it? And he said It just didn't turn out the way I wanted it to They're like, well, why? He said, you wouldn't understand And they fight him back and forth for a good long while Finally they convince him the younger sister, the one who's not narrating the story. She says, let me see what you made right now. He relents and hands her a pair of glasses. Lenses he would chiseled down himself, little brass framework, you know, kind of janky, homemade sort of deal. She puts them on, looks confused for a second. Then her eyes go wide and she starts screaming. She throws the glasses off and is just inconsolable. She's locked up in an institution that very same week. No one can reach her. She's not communicating. She's self-harming, throwing things, smashing her head against the wall. They have no idea what triggered this episode, but she's not snapping out of it. And it goes on like this for a while. Years pass. The grandfather retreats further and further into himself, feeling guilty for what happened. And the older sister, she wants answers. So one day she snaps and she says, Grandpa, you've got to show me what she saw. He says, it's not going to make it any better. She says, I know. I know it won't make it better, but I have to know. So he agrees, and he finds the glasses, which he'd kept in a safe. She puts them on, and in every empty space within the room, every part of the world, there are these faces of weird shapes and sizes, gnashing teeth and rolling eyes, and they're mouthing something very deliberate, all in unison. She can't tell because she can't hear them. She takes off the glasses, obviously terrified. And at this point, you're wondering, is that all it took to send the younger sister into this total psychotic break? And the narrator explains that she couldn't hear what the faces were saying. And she counts herself very lucky because her sister was deaf and she'd become very, very good at reading lips. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. And that little twist at the end, I was like, oh, you got me, you son of a bitch. I was like, oh, this is kind of cookie cutter. And then right at the end, I was like, "Ooh, spooky. Wow. So the
2: one that went crazy was the lip reader.
3: Yeah, yeah. She could see what it is they were saying, and she just couldn't handle it. Whatever it was, it was too horrible.
2: And they never revealed what it was? They never revealed what it was. Where'd you
3: read this? Uh, It was on a a website that sort of aggregates little amateur short horror stories.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That sounds cool. That was so cool. I love that one. What you got, Jack? This guy. This one you might have to think of, think about a little bit, too, because it wasn't until the end, and then... Some of the comments that were on it after that I realized what, what actually what happened. But this guy in Japan, he took the train to work every day. And as he's standing there waiting for his train, he looked over and saw this disheveled guy sitting there holding a cup. and looked like he was begging for change or whatever. He'd sit there and mutter to himself, but when someone would walk by, he'd say something. Like, this heavyset woman walked by, and, and in his muttering, he'd say, Pig, keep walking. He was like, boy, he really wants to get change. That's not going to you know All get him much money another guy walks by in a suit walks by the guy mutters human and he thought well i guess that's right he's he's a person <laughs> so the next day he comes back and he watches a little bit more someone else walks by him chicken and he was like huh i don't really see the correlation there someone I else I might know where this walks by he says corn and the guy's like huh so the next day after he comes, he's like, I'm going to get there a little earlier because I'm going to talk to this guy. Someone walks by him, he says another type of food, and he walks up to the guy. He's like, so I've noticed that you've been saying food every time someone walks by. Are you like psychic or something like that? And the guy's like, yeah, a few years ago I was given a gift, you know, to, to see the past. But it's not like I can see anyone's future or their feelings or anything. I can see what the last thing they ate was.
2: Is there a punchline I'm supposed to Human. hit? Human. The
0: guy in the yeah, suit. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was pussy.
2: <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, okay, you got me with that one. Yeah. So that was more of like a uh, like a riddle than anything. Kind right of, yeah. Kind I mean, yeah, of a twisted backtrack. story. Not so much a riddle, but anyway, I'm going to give up on it. <laughs> All right, well, <clears throat> what I got is... In the past Halloween episodes, like the very first one we did, we talked about Robert the doll and how that was inspiration for Chucky. Mm -hmm. And uh, last year I talked about, uh, since we had Robin Shelby Slimer on the show, I talked about uh, Dan Aykroyd's family history with Ah, the uh, occult or the supernatural rather. And like the seances his great grandfather used to do and all that stuff. Very active and very believing in the paranormal. So I wanted to keep with a trend and look into something, you know, like a, a horror icon and see if there was any truth or, you know, behind the fictional story we know. So I decided to look at Freddy Krueger, wanting to know where did this idea actually come from. And it's crazy. I mean, there, actually, there never really was a Freddy Krueger, you know, like who preyed on children. But Wes Craven had mentioned, like, a lot of uh, what he... He had read this article uh, in the L.A. Times about this immigrant family who escaped the killing fields of Cambodia. You guys know about that, Jake? You, you probably yeah, know yeah. more detail than I do, but uh, and I don't even know what time period it was, but pretty much a very harsh re- regime that was uh, just killing anyone who... Didn't even need a reason. Didn't, they didn't even need a reason. You looked at them the true. wrong way. You wore the wrong clothing. You just didn't look right. They were probably going to kill you. <laughs> you were probably dead. And they would. they made mass graves. They were just like... Pushing bodies into and now there's some tower Out there like uh that looks Really beautiful from the outside but when you go in It's just lined with skulls from all these oh, People wow. mm-hmm. yeah I can't remember what it was Called I need to do more research into that but <clears throat> Anyway this family That came back uh one of the Sons had all, like all of a sudden started Like having night terrors Demonstrating nightmares And couldn't uh Get him under control to the point you know he didn't Want to go to sleep at all And I think we may have mentioned this before on the show, this guy's particular story, but he ended up staying awake for seven, eight, nine days in a row. And his family, you know, uh, they've been giving him sleeping pills and nothing was working. Well, he finally fell asleep and they were like, "Okay, cool, this is over. And in his sleep, they start hearing kicking, screaming, crashing around when they went up. He was dead. And, uh, you know, there weren't any, like, uh, bruises or slashes on him, obviously. And But the coroner, you know, when they did an autopsy, they couldn't find anything wrong. There was no cause of death. He was seemingly healthy, just died. Now, and uh, I guess when they went through his room, they found that Mr. Coffee in his... Uh, Closet with hot coffee in it, like he had been drinking, chugging to stay awake, and also all the sleeping pills they had been giving him, he'd been hiding in his mouth and then spitting out. He had a whole collection I of them. I remember talking about
0: this video. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, <clears throat> turns out that's not an isolated case. And apparently from with a lot of people from uh Southeast Asia Yeah, yeah. I, I remember reading about that. It was so Yeah. Much- Hundreds supposedly of young uh I don't know if it was uh, men, like what I read always specifically said men uh so i don't know why that would be you know maybe they're just saying in general and maybe women uh, happen to them as well but what's that cultural group they're like the the mong or something something to that effect i don't remember exactly like hill people from cambodia and yeah I, uh, yeah yeah but hundreds of people have died that way um and they blame it on what they call a nightmare. I mean, which is not the same kind of nightmare we know. <laughs> Obviously, a different definition of nightmare. Well, when you say nightmare, uh, more of like a they mean like like a the mare creature. entity, like a, yeah. a creature of the night. It's like a nocturnal being, like an evil that just threatens to come and just press the life out of you. Is the way they've described it, or their culture describes it. So you know that article on all those events then, you know, sp- spurred West Craven by okay. I want to make this into a really cool story, and that he did. Freddy Krueger being, you know, right up there now with, like, Frankenstein, the mommy. Sure. He's, you know, Jason Voorhees, you know, is in this that same kind of mantle. So, uh, but what I found interesting about Freddy Krueger uh, is that, okay, you, do you guys remember Wes Craven's new nightmare? Yeah. And the concept in that movie? Do you, How do you was see that? it? a
0: real, he was a real thing? The movie was set in the
2: real world. Like the, the girl who played Nancy, like the actress, I don't remember her name, but she played herself with right. her child and husband. And it was the mythos that the movie had created, like the fear That's right. yeah, that, that the movie created really... that actually brought him to life. And you can almost kind of see that uh, if you look at certain news stories Happen, Not that he's actually come to, you know, haunt us in our dreams, but through other people, through that horror inspiration, there are other people out there. There are people out there who have fashioned gloves and done some pretty horrific shit. Oh, sure. There was a guy, I believe this was in the past 10 years in the UK, a kid who had been bullied and picked on at school and obsessed on Freddy Krueger. Had all the merchandise, all, you know, about anything you could own of, you know, Freddy Krueger. He, this guy had it. But uh, obsessed to the point where he had been taught to weld and made himself a glove, (laughs) razor sharp. And he had been uh, tormented by bullies for years at school. And he was so obsessed with the movie, he decided, you know, I'm going to get my revenge on these guys, Freddy Krueger style. And he even set up like the way he attacked them was like from the second movie, like when that kid gets pounced in the gym. He did the same thing to them, kind of lured them that way somehow. I don't know. But when they came in, pounced them. I don't know if he knocked them out or what he did, but he bound their uh, their feet in their hands. And when I believe when they came to, he had them strung up from the shower heads in the locker room, just <laughs> you know, similar to that movie. Yeah. And while they were hanging there, he just gutted them. Just slash, slash, slash them, and I, I guess the it was such a mess. It took two to three days to clean up, and people like who did clean it up had to seek therapy because like the drains were just plugged full of organs <laughs> and <laughs> entrails, and it's just crazy, uh, you know, how that stuff really gets into people's heads and how it can. I don't know. It's scary. I, I wonder if that
3: has a lot to do with the the sleep disorder where you've got these people of a particular demographic. Mm-hmm dying off is it the belief in that condition was it strong enough that is, is that how it spread you know it, it almost reminds me of a uh, there's a series of stories I read a couple for a round table actually a fictional organization that gathers uh, like anomalous and supernatural things and tries to contain them. They've got a term for that called a, a memetic hazard. Something that just by being aware of it, you're endangered by it. You
2: know, it's oh, just something yeah, that comes yeah. to mind. Like, is, is that all it takes? You know? Yeah. Like when the, like in the ring, kind of. Like if you watched yeah, that yeah. tape and you were aware then of what was on it, of it, then you're in. Right. You know, you're the next on the list. You don't have or to something. make the conscious decision to be part of the whole situation. Right. You you're can't just, help it. You're in, you're in it now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah so I just I found that all very interesting and I think I'm gonna as Halloween's keep coming upon us keep looking into other fictional characters Take and see what I can find yeah. yeah Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees would be cool to do see what their where their origins lie but oh yeah or we could look into Texas Chainsaw Massacre Ooh, that
0: whole story whatever that because there's a
2: lot of material to cover there's, on that. A, lot.
0: there's a lot in that one yeah. Yeah, yeah any other stories guys I got another one alright what do we got this businessman was on a business trip go figure <laughs> makes sense I don't follow your logic <laughs> He got a hotel room he was gonna stay at for a couple of days while he was at the reception desk getting his keys and whatnot. The secretary said, You know, there's a room right next to yours, there's no number on the door. It's storage closet. Don't open it, don't go in there or anything. So the guy's like, Yeah, whatever. So he goes upstairs, walking past walking to his door, sees the door that's unmarked, doesn't think nothing of it, goes in his room, stays the night, whatever. Leaves the next day. As he's coming back up to his room, he thinks, I wonder. So he happens to reach for the doorknob, turn the door handle, and it's locked. So he bends down to look in the peephole, and he looks in there and sees a room looks just like his, a lady on the other side of the the room, sitting there with her head up against the wall, a real pale lady. (laughs) And he thinks, huh, okay, whatever. Goes inside. The next day, as he's passing by, he looks in there again and sees nothing but red he thinks well maybe that lady in there just thought someone was spy on her put like a handkerchief over the door or something like that so as he goes down the next day he talks to the lady at the desk she's like did you go in there did you do anything with that room he's like well I looked in the, the peephole you know that's all I did and she told him that you know back in the day a guy killed his wife murdered his wife in that room and now she haunts it and they say that She's very pale in skin, and her eyes are a deep red. Oh, so she was looking back <laughs> yeah. through the people. Ooh, <laughs> oh, that creepy. was creepy. I can't get that vision out of my eye, that's, my head. That's, that's a hell of a thing. Yeah, that's creepy. Ooh.
3: about <laughs> you, Jake? I got a little something. This is actually a nightmare I had last night. Really? Pretty timely, yeah. Cool, juicy. I was driving through kind of a a forested road you know just trees and brush on either side not much to see every now and then there'd be like an overhead street light you don't generally see those in a forest but it's a dream I'll give it a pass and I see in my rear view there's something in the back seat with me some thin ghoul like thing really dry skin stretched tight over its bones and it's, it's lurching forward to get me except when we pass a light and the light makes it shrink back just a little And it's kind of stuck. It can't get much closer because I keep hitting the lights pretty regular. And I'm thinking to myself, I need to get home as fast as possible. And I realize, no, I can't speed because if a cop pulls me over and I have to stop the car, it's going to be all the time this thing needs to kill me. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting here having this psychological battle in the streams. Like, do I speed up? Do I slow down? What if I get pulled over? What the hell do I do? And I thought to myself when I woke up after that, what a perfect VR game that would make. Mm. I wish I had the know-how to turn that into some kind of interactive experience. Where you have to make that choice. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was one of those dreams where, and it's only happened to me a couple times in my life, where I I, I swear to God, I, I don't know what I believe in. Probably almost nothing. But it's like the dream is some conscious thing. You know, you you feel a pre- presence that's so tangible, oh, you know, yeah. that's so heavy. Mm-hmm that it sticks with you and almost like feeling someone breathe on the back of your neck it was just there right i just knew it was there and when i woke up i wasn't convinced it wasn't still there you know right
2: There's i've had like that i've that had dreams like with that you, for yeah. sure it's creepy when that happens isn't yeah it? mine's got to be capable of so much more than we're aware right uh, unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> but if we could control it
3: <sighs> I'll I'll I'll
2: that always ends well, well. I think Candare would do a little bit better than, uh, say, Dr. Doom did <laughs> with power, so. right? No, but uh, <laughs> Dr. Doom's pretty much my, my role model. Oh, is he? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's uh, pretty good. Agreed. Uh, storytelling time, good right? stories. I enjoyed them. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, everyone. And now joining us all the way from the UK to talk about a new chapter for the comic series Blender, which is a horror series, Daniel Pram. Thanks so much for being back with us, Daniel.
1: Oh, hi. Thank you. Uh, No, it's great to be
2: here. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you sent us a uh, preview, a few pages to look at of this
1: Mm -hmm. comic, and it looks awesome. But uh, can you tell us and our listeners what it's about? Yeah, so Blender is about Sam, Sammy, who's a pretty regular dude. And he he finds his wife's head in a kitchen blender when he goes home.
3: We've all been there. We've
2: all
1: been there. (laughs) Basically... The the plot is I grab this milk toast, no one everyday kind of guy, and I make him into I just torture him, torture his soul with every wrong thing imaginable, every dark thing imaginable. So it's a pretty dark book. Uh, I kind of mixed up. My original idea was to make it um, something of a dark comedy. Uh, the horror element came in with the artist and I incorporated that and there came Blender it's a, it takes place in a prison it's called Axel and this prison is a pretty weird place no one knows where it is and they send the worst of the worst there and pretty quirky characters for example there's a guy who brags about being a pedophile uh, he's called Pop and he's uh, Sammy's soulmate, and one of the big arcs is uh, Sammy, who is going through all these dark things in the series. He's uh, he's getting, he's he's changing kind of like uh, like Water in Breaking Bad. He's ch- changing into being bad, oh, and slow this, this transition exactly. And this pop character starts out really bad, and he he kind of transitions into into being a better character. But what separates this from Breaking Bad, which is a pretty big inspiration for me, is uh, themes and uh, just exploring the absolute darkest side of humanity, basically.
3: <laughs> See, I-, I love that element in horror because it seems like when you want to scare someone or get in their head, it's so easy to jump to something supernatural. Right, but there's so much frightening shit grounded just in it. reality.
2: You know, it's that's something that can true. make a good person bad. That's scarier yeah. to me than when you, you know, get a magnifying glass and look at the yeah, things that yeah. could potentially be inside every one that's, of us. That's, that's scary. Yeah,
3: those
0: are the things that really like deeply upset me mm-hmm. in the way
2: you want to be
3: upset. Right.
0: <laughs> Most there's of the things are in everybody anyway. It's just a matter of them letting it out. I guess. Yeah.
2: yeah. By
3: yeah. the way, I also mm-hmm. just said upsetted. I'd like to apologize <laughs> to Say everyone. Upset. Yeah, that's, that's the word I
2: should have used.
1: Oh, man. We know um, go English there's, good. There's no supernatural elements, but there's a lot of trippy things in it, which I very much enjoy. There's a, a pretty big um, trip moment where Sammy gets drugged, and he imagines the Genesis from the Bible, but from uh, Satan's perspective. Oh, man. Oh, my God. And I am so on board <laughs> So, not to spoil too much, but um, basically, uh, Satan is the good guy in the story, and he just wants to show Adam and Eve that there is, you know, there's another way. There's real freedom is about choice and not following rules. So, Eve eats the whole tree of knowledge, which is just a big server, Google server, and then. Adam, in spite, eats Eve and she, he gets a heart attack. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
2: That's awesome. It's pretty, it's pretty disgusting. But pretty fun at the same time. I mean, right Sounds at the like.
3: intersection of like psychological horror, like religious themes and trippy imagery... You've got everything I've ever loved. So I guess my next question is: Did you write this specifically for me, or is it just a coincidence?
1: <laughs> uh, I've I wrote it for myself. Uh, yeah, I thought I liked you. I wasn't sure what it was. But yeah. now I, know. <laughs> I love. Uh, this is not the only thing, uh, the only kind of thing that I write. But I love dark, dark comedy, and I love um, uh, characters that are flawed and interesting in that way. And there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of characters to explore in Blender, that are very very much flawed, but they they all have some interesting thing going on. And it's easy to tell by uh, this
2: interaction we've shared so far that this is going to be a good project. Number one, because you said you've written it for yourself. I mean, nine times out of ten, That's... some of the best stories, some yeah. of the best albums, some of the best pieces of work were done under that same uh, model. I did it for myself. I did what I wanted to do. So you don't hear. have to compromise your vision. You right, know? instead of trying yeah. to imagine what everybody wants to hear and you end up with a bunch of fucking didgeridoos and donkeys right. in the <laughs> studio, you know? But also uh, where you had said, you know, you originally intended for this to be a dark comedy and uh, somewhere along the line, you know, the story took the reins of the horror aspect and kind of yeah. took its own direction. And that's another good sign when you let the story become what it's when it, it when wants it wants to, be, to yeah. be something else, and then you you, you follow it and uh, discover something you never intended to find It had, has that organic structure instead of being like squished into a can. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: It's a good
1: way to put yeah. it. I, I would recommend it to people who won't like to know what what's gonna happen because or what what they're gonna feel they like to be surprised in their feelings because it is a dark comedy and it is a horror but it has drama in it it has genuine just comedic moments without the darkness it's just things that i really really liked uh and uh, just fit into the story and they felt right
2: right well I'm excited to get a deeper look at this. This is gonna be really cool. Yeah. Especially at the Halloween season, man. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect time for oh, it. Yeah. Now we notice you're working on a next chapter. Are there are there previous chapters available
1: uh, to readers? So this is a very good thing. I think this is a free to read comic, completely free to read. Nice. Uh online. Uh which is it goes it goes it goes a little bit back to what you said is that I wrote it to myself, which is uh for the first three chapters was literally true. No one has read it except me and the uh, and the artist. A big thing that that made me reach out more was uh one of my friends sent it to Ellen Moore and uh I got a letter back and no uh, he didn't sue me <laughs> or something.
2: <laughs> That's
1: uh, a plus <laughs> Uh yeah it was a bit risky because uh, apparently my friends just uh Spied him out somehow. <laughs> Don't get into details. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it could have been a bad thing. But he wrote back a really nice letter saying that he really likes it. And he gave me he gave me a quote as well, which I'm gonna uh, shamelessly plug here. Go. For it. Uh, that Alan Moore said that Blender is a gripping and well-told independent comic that brims with ideas and energy. And he let me use that. As a quote on the book. Oh,
2: nice! That's gotta help too. That's awesome. It's yeah. a pretty serious stamp of approval.
1: Yeah. So it's up to seven chapters now. All seven chapters is available to read online. Uh, that's the main story, but we made the print version as well. And of course, the print version has something extra for the readers. It's not not the main story. It's additional stories, and it's not for additional characters, um, side characters. So, for example, we printed the volume one, which is not available at the moment, but I'm going to print out some more in the near future, in November, with the release of uh, the eighth chapter. So what is going to happen, if you go to freefantasycomics.com, there's a tab there called Blender, and there you can read the comic online. And if you like it, and if you'd like to have more there's a little section there that says uh just email us that i want blender and just write write to us to freefantasycomics at gmail.com that you want blender and i'll give you some uh special discount and probably original artworks and maybe something more as well and what you get in the volume one book is the first seven chapters and 12 at adi- 12 additional pages of uh, two stories. One is called Apple and Tree, which is about um, the two psychotic characters in the prison, Einstein and Newton. They're not really Einstein and Newton. They're just people who think they are. (laughs) Um, Nice. And the other one is just called Lies, which it goes in a little bit to the backstory of the prison. Um, And all all in all, it's a 93-page beautiful book. So if you really you can read the main story. There's no, there's not nothing like that. that are left out things or anything like that. It's all available to free, uh, free to read online. And I'll be glad if you'd check it out on FreeFantasyComics.com.
2: And it's always awesome so when we people will. put free comics out mm-hmm. there. I mean, yeah. so much work goes into <clears> them. So to give them away, that's that's quite a generous. I know. Uh, I want to read it and talk about it on the show, but I don't want to. Well, we got
3: future
1: episodes. I know, but, but I don't want
3: to spoil the initiative also, for people to go and see it on the. Oh, that's
2: true. Just that's talk true. about a chapter.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, what, uh, what also I would add is that this will not go, grow old, uh, and the way I know that is because I know the ending, and I know how many chapters that is. If you if you notice, all the chapters have uh, card uh, themed uh, covers and they're all like based on tarot cards, right? and every chapter is based on a tarot card. So there's going to be 22 uh, chapters, and it's going to be finished.
2: And we're going to help people uh, be able to check it out as well. Uh, we're going to, again, be tweeting links and put it on the website to freefantasycomics.com. And yeah. uh, you're also on Twitter at uh, F Fantasy Comics, correct? Correct. So, uh, yeah, a couple of different outlets there to yeah. check out.
1: Eighth, eighth chapter and possibly the book will be available in November. Uh, more info on the website. Uh, follow us on Facebook or Twitter, aforementioned Twitter. So.
2: Well, we're going to make it as easy as we can for people to check that out. So, uh, man, thank you so much, Daniel, for being back on the show. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thank you, guys.
2: Happy Halloween to you. Happy Halloween. Woo! <laughs> All right, and now joining us, the star of Troll 2, uh, which was rated one of the worst movies, if not the worst movie of all time, but then picked up quite a cult following and has a great big underground uh, fanship for it, mm-hmm. which yeah, I it think we've, uh, we've just ourselves jumped on the bandwagon uh, yeah. for. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun watching <laughs> that film. I want to welcome George Hardy to the show. George, thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, it is a pleasure. It's a pleasure. How are y'all? Oh, we're doing great. Uh, happy Halloween to you, by the way. Oh yeah, you're welcome. Yes, tell me when the first time was for for you newbies to have seen Fall Two. Oh wow, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. wow, it took us just a little while. <laughs> I, yeah, it's something I'd heard of, but uh, Jake, you know, had mentioned you. I was like, well, that's you know, that's a cool idea. We should look into that. And man, how much fun that was! And I would love to go to uh, one of these uh, public screenings should they come back around here. I think. They have been to Studio Thirty Five at least one yeah, point. I think
0: it has been before, yeah. It yeah. certainly makes the rounds. For sure. It's yeah, it's kinda
2: of turned into like a rocky horror picture kind yeah. of it's, it's really kind mm-hmm. of the Rocky Horror of our time. You yeah, know? for Something sure. Something
4: that does. Yeah, well, necessarily... Yes, the Facebook generation's Rocky Horror Picture Show is what it is.
2: <laughs> oh there you go. Yeah, very <laughs> well said. <sense>. <laughs> so uh well let's just start right off. I wanted to ask you, are you a big fan of Halloween of the season? Oh, yeah, I think it's great. You know, it's just celebrated
4: so differently. And to me, in different parts of the country, I'm sure where you guys are, where the, it's uh, more cool and more of an autumn feel, you know, you have the sure. uh, real feel of Halloween. Where we are in the south, I'm in Alabama. And, you know, the trees haven't really even started changing down here yet. So, yeah, they're still uh-huh. green. It almost looks just like summer still. I mean, we're just getting the... But we have uh, brown, amber colors and not the real orange and reds and yellows. Sometime we will. But so down here it's it's celebrated maybe a little different than where you guys are from and that you know of course new england and all but uh yeah it's it, uh still a lot of people throw parties and you know it's uh it's uh, a lot of fun events uh, but it can be as much as 80 degrees on a halloween night sometimes but then it can be
3: freezing as well too you know
2: <laughs> yeah that's how it's been around here we're as familiar the with those swings in temperature that's yeah uh, are sure. you really yeah, we're in Ohio, uh, so we we're at the oh, time yeah. of year where it's up and down. But I would love to be in Alabama. <laughs> this was it? just last year; the year before, they kind of canceled Halloween because it was so cold oh, and yeah. snowy. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was it's snowing, like, right? Sub freezing. Yeah, gotta love Ohio, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh man. So now you yourself—you've been uh, practicing dental work since uh, at least you have your own practice since '91, correct? Uh, yeah, 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 well,
4: I actually finished dental school in 81, so that kind of give you an idea of how, how old I am. I, just, I actually just turned 63 years old uh, oh. this past week. And so I, I graduated from the uh, University of Alabama School of Dentistry in, in 1981 and um, practiced 10 years in Salt Lake City and then moved back to my home area uh, in, in 91.
2: Yeah, so that's how that, you got that date on that. I see. I see. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as uh, your acting career, was, that was happening all uh, throughout your going to school to be a dentist. When did the acting bug strike you?
4: That If you've seen the documentary that we made uh, in, in 2009 called Best Worst Movie, which was uh, about actually what happened uh, in the whole process of how Troll 2 came together in, in Salt Lake City in '89. I, w- I was practicing in Salt Lake at the time, and uh, on a w- I had done some acting classes just for the heck of it. I was a college cheerleader and big ham, and, you know, my family was all an entertainment type. Uh, I mean, we, we, we my mother played the piano, and we just entertained folks, and, you know, we were all hams in our town. And uh, so I ended up auditioning my first part ever to for a film, and I auditioned for— little did i know what i was doing but the dad to this <laughs> b-rated uh film uh that was going to be filmed in salt lake city or outside in outside of park city and so i went up and uh audition and the next day i get the lead part to the to the dad and so which has now become uh if you if you're a Tarleton fan. The movie's been translated into nine different languages. <laughs> uh, wow! You know, really? My, my yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a world. It's a world <laughs> cult phenomenon. Now, I mean, a lot of people don't realize it's it's huge and millions. Man, I didn't realize it at all. But um, anyway, I get the lead dad part in in '89, and and from that, just really to be honest with you, my life changed.
2: <laughs> yeah, for I have sure. to imagine so. Mm-hmm, really did. Yeah. And you, you talk about the movie, uh, you know, picking up steam and becoming this cult phenomenon. You know, I mm-hmm. believe it was on the documentary that was stated that Rotten Tomatoes, was it Rotten Tomatoes? It gave it a 0%. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's right. at a 6% now.
3: It, it was, yeah. Yeah, when last we it checked. 6%. Wow. Well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which almost right. seems yeah, well, it, unfair to it, you know, because it's, yeah. it's such a celebrated thing that it's yeah. regarded in this particular way. It, it almost feels like they're doing the movie a disservice Right. Because now it's a low number.
4: Well, that was in, and that's kind of how it stumbled across that we did the documentary because uh, at at the time that uh, it hit double zeros, which was, I think, I think one of the only films ever to get double zeros on Rotten Tomato. Uh, And I got a phone call in 19, excuse me, in 2006. It was April the 13th. I remember, never forget it. This guy from Furman, like you guys calling and interviewing me about this podcast. Uh, I get a phone call from a, uh, a, um, some journalist from Furman University, which is, in, uh, I think, outside of Clemson uh, in South Carolina. And now you've got to remember, this is 17, 17 years after Twelve Two was made, and and of which I had completely forgotten about being in the film and let the VHS tape go behind the TV, and I never watched it. <laughs> I, you know, so bad I was so embarrassed, I ran from it for years. And I would intermittently get some, uh, you know, some news that it, it was out on HBO and all that, but I only watched maybe two minutes of it because it was so bad. I went, "Oh my God, I can't watch this thing." So this <laughs> this kid and, uh, interviews me in 2008, and sure enough, I, he tells me, "Did you not know this is a uh, you know this is a gift to thousands and thousands of people that love comics and." You know, have a great sense of humor. They love bad movies. They love horror movies. And I go, what? He goes, yeah. There's a, it's a world, it's a world cult phenomenon. I go, you've got to be kidding me. So I go, he goes, check out IMDb, IMDb, which was Internet Movie Database. And on April 13th, I go in and check it. And sure enough, I scroll down to the bottom after reading about the Troll 2 Double Zeros. You know, and i never hit to the website or anything because I, you know, I'm a practicing dentist in Alabama after all these years of you know, uh making right. the film and left it and you uh, know pretty much go to the bottom of it and it said troll to cast reunion. All cast members please respond uh uh troll to uh first ever screening in the United States at Provo Utah at a certain place on April fifteenth. And this is two days by fate that I would read this, and so sure enough, I hop on a plane, spent 700-something bucks, I don't even care what it was, I just said, I have to do this. I mean, you know, this was something that, you know, I just thought, oh, and I called the guy that wrote the article, and he told me, he says, "Do you not know what's going on with this thing?" I said, "No." He goes, "This is, a, you know, this this is somebody's gift. that they've seen Troll Too, it's their their gift. It's like a, it's a, like a religious experience. It's like, you know, your, your life has changed once you watch the movie." And I'm just laughing in the back of my mind. I go, he, of course, he's laughing the whole time and loving the whole comedy around the fact that it is an a incredible find for bad movies, right? So I go, I go, and I ended up getting there late, and I get. I just get tackled by, uh, you know, uh, Troll 2 fans there. I had no, I was signing autographs for the first time in my life for a film that I was in and just people lining up, you know, I'm saying, what in the world is going on? So, so then all of a sudden I get another phone call. I mean, it's just kind of starts happening in threes and it's the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City <laughs> and they they uh heard what happened, and um, uh, before you know it, people are coming from all over and wanting to do a screening, and we uh, we, we presented a screening. I then teamed up with the cast members, of which I did in Provo, and Michael Stevenson, my on-screen son, and I ended up uh, uh, saying, why don't we do a doc around this? So with friends and family, and with a lot of organic efforts, we took about, um uh, golly, I'm thinking about two to three years to to make a doc, that we went to 28 cities in nine countries, followed the whole you know thing. Brought in, I was the social chairman of bringing back all the uh, you know the, the old cast, and went to Italy, met with Claudia Marisella and and the, the writer and director of this you know world cult class phenomenon, and we brought it together and, and really made an, an amazing award winning doc. It, I think it was in 31 film festivals, and won award after award, and was. We had heard that um, it almost made the short list for an Academy nomination in 2010. Really? Uh, it's the Oscars. Yeah, the best-worst movie. If you haven't seen it, it's truly oh, a gift to sweet. watch. And, that you know, it is. It's, it's we great. loved it. It's and,
3: wonderful.
4: Yeah, and of course, you know, the reason you probably call me is because that was a vehicle that told the story of, you know, what had happened in the history of, yeah. you know, of, of of Troll 2, and you know my life, you know as a practicing dentist, and you know all these other odd, crazy wild stories of other cast members, of which you know are jaw dropping experiences watching the doc. And so now, you know, um, I've through the years um, have uh, been fortunate to have gone to, gosh, I've gone to Dubai, to you know, to 2 oh, uh, screening with the University of New York students there with a gift of flying over i mean that was probably the most amazing experience that i had with michael stevenson you know that was after um that but we after uh, best worst movie was made but which uh really has catapulted us into other all of us other experiences because it was a transparency that we uh expressed to everyone uh you know about what has really happened uh to uh, sure. the cast members, but then now we're seven years out from that, and so things have changed even more. You know, <laughs> with right? All of right? Yeah.
2: It's. Mm-hmm. I, I just uh, after seeing the documentary, just fell in love with your story. It reminded me a lot of. Uh, there's another documentary called In Search of Sugar Man. Well, if you guys have oh, ever seen heard it. about that. Yeah, it's yeah. a documentary about a musician by the name of Rodriguez who in the right. uh, 70s put oh, out some mm-hmm, albums yeah. and, uh, you know, at the time were big, made some noise, but then just disappeared. That's and years, I saw it. Yeah, yeah, years later, there was a uh, gentleman yeah. interviewing him, found him in Michigan because he was believed to be dead. And says, Wasn't he oh,
4: Cuban or Puerto Rican? I can't remember. The guy something like from. that. Something yeah, I don't
2: remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he was just mm-hmm. content working in this factory, and he goes, the interviewer says, do you not realize well, how big a deal you are in the south of Africa? And he just kind of looked at the wilderness. That was
4: it. He's South African. That's it. Yeah.
2: yeah. And mm-hmm. when he went over there, getting off of that plane, it, it was I, like he was Paul McCartney coming to Biel-mania. town. That's over right. It really yeah. was. Yeah. And I imagine that had to have been your experience when you went to that yeah. first showing. What was that like for you?
4: <laughs> well, not only that first showing, but, you know, really hundreds afterwards, because I've we went, like I said, to 28 cities and eight countries. And sure. uh, hush, I've got two beagles and a cat, of which my uh, my daughter went to Auburn and she had two cats. If uh, Unfortunately, hush, hush. One of the cats uh, was killed. And so I've, I've inherited her cats, and then I've got two beagles, and one of them here is. Is uh, marching on with barking. Uh, I Apologize, but <laughs> would you okay. would you help me with my thought again? Oh so, oh oh yeah. So yeah, you know, after all these screenings and going to places, you know, you, yeah, I, I can remember one of the most ama- crazy experiences I could ever expressed to someone was uh, to, it was I was a, uh, we were I was at a screening in Washington D.C. Uh, and. It was going on, and you know, I've seen 12 to the best worst movie a million times, you know, at these screenings when we made the documentary, it's like, ah. Uh, and that was uh, the, the, the rounds of um, post, uh, post-filming post of the doc, and it was just a follow-up with film festivals or something, it's a film festival screening. So I'm in the Smithsonian, and I'm here I'm going through, you know, going through Smithsonian experiences, and then I just walk, just, you know, by myself, quiet, you know, just know, you know, everything's just kind of when you, it's so serious, you know, the Smithsonian experience. You know? <laughs> so I'm walking around and, and I, all of a sudden I, I go in and it's the end of Best Worst Movie Troll 2 1, and there's probably 200 people lined up wanting my autograph. And, and, you know, and so I'm out, you know, all over DC walking around. No one, of course, would recognize me. I, you know, I do get recognized every so often, but, you know, it's not like, you know, it's like, I'm not Tom Hanks on the streets, right? Nor that, you know, this ego thing. It, this is a fun trip for me, you guys. It's not like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a star. pro. <laughs> no, it's just surreal to do that and then go into experience, like you said, and, you know, sign 200 autographs. And so it's like, whoa, this is this is kind of, I need to take a, a you know, um, a pill on this one kind of feeling and not that oh, I'm yeah. just saying it's kind of one of those, you need to calm down a little bit, you know. It so, would be overwhelming. Uh, I can't yeah. imagine. Yeah. Like too... yeah, it is. It's a true test on your ego and you know all that kind of thing. But it's I don't. Know, what, what I mean by that is you know you you know I, you, I I guess you could say I could puff up from the experience. But what's true that I found through it all is I mean maybe I might want to say this is a spiritual experience or whatever. But it was just more about giving love out there and just hugging somebody that just adored a really bad movie because it made them laugh, which is what you guys are all about and why you're interviewing people like me. And then that's what the world needs more of anyway with what we see every day on the news. And, you know, it's what yeah. you guys are all about, is spreading the love. And so, you know, a hug to someone, you know, I've had some amazing uh, experiences doing that. When, you know, you've got somebody that's holding the teddy bear in a wheelchair that's a Troll 2 fan that's, uh you know that's a special person, and you know, yeah. I was deeply touched by those experiences. That you know, I think to myself, wow, wow. You know, there's millions of movies being made, and I, you know, I, I just happened to stumble on something that made my character world famous in an in occult genre. You know, so. You know, it is it is a real special thing, and it's a special find for so many. And any, many of your listeners today, if you haven't seen Troll 2, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say in the documentary. Of course, it's called best worst movie, but you know, you guys out of anybody ought to just for the fun of it, rent it, or you can find it, you know, and uh, buy it on Amazon. And just have Absolutely. a lot of fun with it, and have troll two parties, which are all over the world, you know. <laughs> exactly.
2: And that's kind of what we did. We exactly. got some popcorn. Oh, yeah. We all sat together. It was we had the whole setup. Threw it in, and we had a great time with it. Mm-hmm. It was a lot yeah. of fun. And I, yeah, totally. Again, I, yeah, yeah, recommend that. Yeah, celebrated right now around Halloween, you know. Mm.
3: Yeah, and sure. talking about sharing that experience with someone—that was my favorite thing about Best Worst Movie—is they showed all of these showings and parties and get-togethers, yes. and it was such a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Everyone's Absolutely. just having an absolute blast, and it, it's funny because mm-hmm. like in isolation, seeing Troll Two, I remember thinking to myself, oh, "This is this is a, this is a little weird," but you see yeah. all the the passion that the fans demonstrate for this movie, and it, it makes you feel like you're part of something. You know, you're Absolutely. all kind of in on this <laughs> together, and I just thought it's, it's so cool that everyone really. can come together over this thing, and, and right. the impact it's made so long after the fact, it's crazy.
4: Right. Yeah. I know it's, it's something about it, watching it by yourself, too, that's real interesting you say that, because I can remember my moments I finally... Committed to watching it all the way through, it, without anyone in the room with me, and and it is. It's kind of like this is so weird. This is just <laughs> the most. But it delivers from scene to scene. But it's weird. And but then you want to go. I really, I'm kind of embarrassed to watch this thing. And not in this in a bad way, but you're kind of embarrassed to watch <laughs> this. Like I, I shouldn't be watching this. It's it's just so bad. It's good kind of thing. It's and Now you're right. It? It, it is so, like oh my gosh. You know, in fact, Auburn University just called me and they wanted to do a a um, thing around Halloween in the Arboretum and the curator calls me last week and she says, you know, we want to do something around it. I said, well, great. I said, would you watch Best Worst Movie? Have you seen it or have you seen Twilight She goes, no, I haven't seen either one. Well, she watched them both and she said, look, we can't, we're going to, we're getting a grant. We're going to call the newspaper. We're getting the art department, the film department all behind us and we're gonna, we want to like thousands of people to come to this thing next April the Friday the 13th so uh, we're going to do it April the 13th in Auburn so anybody listeners want to come to it we'll be outside
2: on a big screen
4: yeah 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 so, yeah. so you know it, it really is it's just a hidden prize for so many you know
2: All right, well I'm going to be watching mm-hmm. the schedule hopefully that comes around to Columbus oh, again I, really hope so. point, That'd be I would a love treat. to get in on Oh, that. The are you guys experience? in Columbus? <laughs> we are
4: Oh well, yeah. We I think we we shot it at Studio Thirty Four. Maybe is that the name of the yes, yeah, Studio Thirty Five. Yeah
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. If you guys ever come back, we're gonna we'll be, be there. there. We'll be <laughs> there. Yeah, Final that's ride. for sure. Which
4: was really crazy because the guy in the popcorn scene, David McConnell, yeah, was one of the was one of the cast members we could not find for anything. So we ended up, know. you know, forgetting that we couldn't get him in the dock, and uh, he was one of the you know main characters. In the in the in the famous popcorn scene with Credence the Witch, and uh, we couldn't find him, and sure enough, he shows up in Columbus, Ohio, at the screening, just surprised us. And,
3: so. Seriously, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, he had the same experience you did. All at once, it finds you, and you're just kind of blown away, right? Yeah, yeah.
4: He he uh, he had never experienced the, the anything, uh, you know, what was happening with it. He loved it. Good Mormon boy and. I think he's moved back to Salt Lake now, and has his family there, and they're all tripping around it. The Deseret News just did a big uh, article with some of the Mormon guy. So, but but no, they had a lot of fun interviewing about the, uh, their their
2: own ideal experience with a with a film like mine. I mm. thought he was if he was still living around here, like maybe he's
4: living yeah. right next we door. We don't <laughs> even know. Yeah, he was. I, 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 he might have been back visiting, but he's a pretty successful businessman back that way. But I don't know. I could try to Facebook him and see. But you guys oh, could even God, try to Facebook. And that, it's kind of creepy, scary about Facebook. And you can probably find anybody anywhere these days. <laughs>
2: it certainly. <laughs> it really is. is. There's yeah. stuff about yeah, yeah, yourself you don't even know on the internet. Like, oh, oh God, news. no kidding. All of a sudden, someone finds you you didn't want to. Yeah, right, right. It's
4: kind of scary because we're all really afraid of not really. You know, we except we don't really know what the real truth is on so many things these days, you know. Yeah. Just like, oh, yeah, tell me. I kind about of stop watching TV and hey, watch comics. That's the truth, well, it's you, fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
3: <laughs> I'm down with that. Mm. And you know, I had a question for you watching Best mm. Worst Movie. It seemed like the director who, whose name escapes me, Claudio, Claudia, so. thank uh-huh. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he had a, a, a very severe kind of way about him, he seemed very confident in the message of his film, and I had to mm. wonder. Working under him as the director, did he have oh, that yeah. kind of no-nonsense attitude about him during filming? Well, actually, what's true is uh, Cardio didn't speak very much English when we were oh, filming. Oh, I see. That's what
4: You know, that's, that's if you've watched the documentary, you can kind of tell that, you know, that was our challenge is, you know, no one spoke English sure. in, you know, making the film. So we were just trying to do the best we could and decipher what we could. And we were all non-actors and just got to... You know, I just got this role in this film, so you know he was trying to make a really good movie. He really was, and they were determined to make a crazy movie about vegetarians. You know, uh, um, <laughs> goblins that you know, if, if, if we eat their food, you know, the humans disguised if you remember, the humans disguised right. vegetarian goblins, and if we eat their food, uh, it, it, uh, you know, I do a family vacation exchange for you listeners that have never seen this movie. Um, I, I do a vacation exchange with another family, and I take my family to their house. Little do I know, the little town is named Neelbog, which is goblins spelled backwards. <laughs> and all the all the little townspeople are humans disguised. Are actually goblins disguised as humans? What's even funny about the film is there are no trolls in Troll Two. <laughs> it's called, it should have been called Goblin Two or Goblin. Yeah, what we're talking about? But that. it wasn't, and so I, we do this house exchange and. They try to get us to eat their food, and if we eat their food, then we'll turn into plants, and then they'll eat us. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> that's the challenge. Uh, so my my son sees his deceased grandfather in the film, and he tells my son not to, not to eat the food. To, he tells, you know, please tell your family, don't eat any of the food they've put on the table. So I have a famous line that I say in the film of... Which oh, yeah. you know, I'm going to leave it for the viewers to watch because it's world famous now. <laughs> if you Google that one, it's called "You Can't Piss on Hospitality, I Won't Allow It."
2: <laughs> words to live by. Yeah. I was going to see if I could get you is... to do a stinger of that, but uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe we'll save that for <laughs> the it. listener to discover. I have to do it at own. the end
4: of our uh, end of our okay. night here. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah, and my George... actually words crazy. Yeah, yeah.
2: George, mm. I want to thank you so much for taking this time to great. speak with us tonight. This has just been a heck of a lot of fun. Having seen the movie, having seen how much fun it is, and I think it's really become a... <laughs> this is going to be mm. a tradition on Halloween for us now oh, as well. so, yeah. Mm. And, and should you come back to Columbus? Mm. We'll be there with bells on to uh, meet you. Oh, great. Everybody. Well, yeah.
4: Well, I would like to say that what's kind of cool is, from all this, uh, I've been invited over the years to do cameos. And uh, recently, a fellow named Tyler Russell... He approached me two years ago, and uh he uh asked me to be in this film called "Here Comes Rusty," which is about to be released with um it has um Fred Willard in it and jody saint Lawrence I can't remember jody's last name, but uh you know who Fred Willard is i mean he's one oh, yeah. of the best yeah. Kind of, yeah Fred you know best of show and uh and then I play Bruce Hampton's father in the film, but I don't know you know you guys know about Bruce Hampton but He's really? The so
2: when did this
4: of, all happen? That happened in 2014, because I've been in about seven, maybe seven or eight films. I was in a horror film called uh, House of Forbidden Secrets. You can IMDb me if you want and see that. But, yeah, I was with Todd Sheets in, in Kansas City and had Lloyd Kaufman in it. I've been in two or three films with Lloyd Kaufman. Floyd, wow. Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, drama films. And then, uh, yeah, but anyway... Um, so yeah, I've been fortunate. We we're looking at uh, making a film uh called Texas Cotton, of which I play cotton and we've done it we've made a short film called Texas Cotton with Judd Lorman and also uh uh Martin Broussard from American Movie was in, in the film with me and uh we look to start filming in November in outside of Austin. So and I'll play the lead. So that's my real first, you know, shot at it. Being a lead in the film, how about that?
2: That is so nice. cool, and it's a luxury that Troll Two and the documentary have afforded you. I mean, really yeah. like experiences even now. That is awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. And that I, I wasn't something, no, way.
3: seriously, it, it
2: wouldn't have. You know, the invites wouldn't have happened.
4: You know, for me to to have done um, to 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 be in a you know in other films, especially this new one coming up. Um, so yeah, we uh, we're, we're just in the process of getting it going. So. You know, I encourage people to just kind of look online or go to my. Uh, I have a fan page, I guess I do. I, oh, really? I'm not really uh, into it. Yeah, I think. Well, it's just George Hardy uh, on Facebook a you know, fan page. But then I've
2: got. Oh, I see. Uh,
4: and then you or you can just go to my you know web uh, or my. Uh, well, I have a Dr. George Hardy website for my dental. <laughs> program. Okay. Yeah, you know, dental you know, practice, but yeah, but um, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's called Texas Cotton, the movie. So that's really where y'all want to go and follow follow us on that and Instagram as well as well. So.
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm excited to look more into it. That sounds that sounds awesome. And it's awesome it hasn't really been a. An, this the is the first
4: time I've Ooh. talked to anybody about yeah yeah about it. Uh, I play a sheriff, uh, sheriff uh, Delmore Cotton and uh, yeah, uh, it's a it's a really great uh, script and pulled together and and we're going for it. It's going to start happening in November, and I've got. A, Another dentist is going to come fill in for me and got about a
2: three-week-two-month shoot. Why not? Life's too short, right? Exactly. Right. I would be jumping on about it, too. That's no incredible, yeah. and I'm happy for you, man. That's awesome to hear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen,
4: it's such a pleasure. Wow, this is great to meet you guys. I hope one day I can meet you in person.
2: Yeah, same here. This has been a real treat. pleasure has been yeah. all ours. But, uh, George, again, thank you so much, and uh, happy Halloween to you, sir.
4: You, too. Y'all have a great great uh, Halloween up there and uh, uh, and just remember one last thing before I sign off you can't piss on hospitality
2: I want it yes. have <laughs> <Audience>. it. <laughs> all right everyone well there you have it our interview with George Hardy man what a lot of fun that's that one for doing, the right? yeah. <laughs> so much fun it's a feather in our cap right there. yeah absolutely but again if you uh, if people have not seen Troll 2 You've got to see it. I'm sure it's available online, probably somewhere to watch. I myself was able to rent it at the library. Uh, Of course, you can always buy it. For sure and uh, check out for it coming around uh, maybe to a theater near you, you and get the full Troll 2 experience and check out Best Worst Movie that what a blast. is such a good documentary I don't know what else to say, it's amazing it's, you get to see George, uh, his life and again, just a more in-depth look at the story he just told it's here it's such on the a show.
3: cool thing that sprung up around this movie it just yes. blows me away that
2: there's like this super tight-knit community and since we've watched it and it's kind of had time to settle and simmer a little bit I'm, I'm starting to see why, it's so much Fun is, in that ridiculous kind of way yeah. that you can't go at it too judgmental. You know, no. it's impossible.
3: What's to. the point? You gotta
0: have fun. And you it's like you can memories after. Remember right. when we did this? Remember when this what, happened? What are you
3: gonna do? Hold it against the actors? They're just right. working with what yeah. they had, and it was just a blast. Remember to watch. the witch
2: from Stonehenge? Come on, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. I wish my family was from Stonehenge. Well, popcorn <laughs> <can be> too. <laughs> popcorn that'll be <you've> drowned in. <laughs> That's how I want to go. Who wouldn't, Jake? Who wouldn't? But I think that's going to do it for our Halloween episode. We certainly hope you folks at home enjoyed uh, what you've heard here today. I know we had a hell of a lot of fun we making sure did, it, yeah. as well as the uh, new movie we've been promising forever and has finally come it's been out. Ever, a long time. It's been yeah. close to a year, probably. Yeah. But. Uh, yes The Grave of the Vampire our mystery science theater take on an old movie called Grave of the Vampire so check it out I think it came out amazing it, you guys you oh, think I'm, it, it had I'm to, with you on yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's good. went over some serious cultivation quality check control all, the whole nine yards it's, oh, yeah. you're getting the primo material it's extra so. special let us know what you think comment subscribe uh, all that happy horse shit uh,
0: and we're excited to know what you think so, Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandarePodcast.com where you see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes, see the Wall of Justice, check out the new videos on our YouTube page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, or even just say hi, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to
3: subscribe to us on Twitter at CanderePod and Instagram and <laughs> underscore Air. Check out our YouTube page, our line of merchandise at society6.com forward slash CanderePod. And if you're attending a Wizard World convention in the near future, that's promo code
2: Candere, lowercase no space for ten percent off your tickets. You got that right. You got that right. Don't uh, miss your chance to save ten percent, people. Why not? Yeah. Just a few more letters you got to type in. So right? So easy. Yeah. All right. And uh, what else? Society6, get yourself a Canned air t-shirt. You probably already said that. I but did. What's double F- not good enough stickers. For you? No. Stickers. Stickers, oh, yes. Oh, stickers. Brack- yeah. Jack brought over some pretty cool uh, window decal stickers. They're looking super I'm going to be slick. throwing on the car here pretty quick. Damn so, right. So uh, they look pretty cool. So uh, uh, it's a product I'm proud of. For our customers to be spending money on. Yeah. You know, and not with society six, but there's been things we've sold in the past or given away <laughs> that I've been like, oh I hope that doesn't really represent Eesh. what we're about, but these I'm proud to put the Candare logo and name on. So Same here. head over to society6.com Forward slash Candair or just hit that merch button on our website, www.candarpodcast.com and get yourself a sticker. It's a hell of a lot cheaper than a shirt, people. I should call it, I should say decal. It's not a sticker, it's a it's decal. It's a window changed. decal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, with all that behind us, I wish all of our listeners a happy Halloween. And until next time, I'm Jeremy Collie. I'm
0: Jack Doherty.
2: I'm Jake Runyon.
3: Thanks for listening, everyone.
2: I need to get help! Do it from outside! Blowtorch! Whenever there's a fire in your house, be sure to get outside immediately. And once outside, get on candarepodcast.com. Well thanks for the tip, Blowtorch, but just one question. What about the fire? And no one is half the battle.
0: GI Joe!
2: Time period that is, but it's like a very harsh regime. Like if you don't, if you look at them the wrong way, you're getting killed. Anytime there's a regime change in a developing country, usually there's. Okay. What the fuck is happening. Mm.
0: Oh, is this for the windows, open?
2: Well, I would expect them to go by. I mean, look, they're just circling the block. <laughs> We're just yeah, gonna smoke them mean! out. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom all down the front of yourself what a mess
4: are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school the future of work is changing rapidly and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them in each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.